These practices are beautiful and life-giving, but you don't need to do all of them to end your year on an upswing. In fact, I encourage you to pick just one thing that excites you most and start there. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. It's tempting to want to throw in the towel on this year, right? 2020 has been a challenging year, and that's putting it extremely lightly. I've experienced some of my greatest challenges as a human and entrepreneur, and I know I'm not the only one who's faced fear, uncertainty, and straight-up confusion about the future this year. From a worldwide pandemic unlike anything that's been around for the last century, to a racial and civil rights awakening that's been so desperately needed in our country, to economic strife, rapid business pivots, and unprecedented lifestyle adjustments, thanks to everything just kind of shutting down for a while there. This year has been one of the collectively heaviest and most challenging years that I've experienced in my lifetime, and I'm guessing in yours too. And not to mention things like distance learning and an upcoming election and the entire West Coast catching fire for a month. Like this year has held a lot. But my mom always taught me to seek out the silver lining in things. And as we begin to wrap up 2020 and I reflect on the uncertainty this year has dropped on all of our doorsteps, I am leaning into that lesson more than ever, clutching to the pieces of hope and the glimmers of gratitude that it has shown me. Quarantine has forced most of us to slow way down, to stay safe at home, and to be more reflective on how and where we spend our time. I mean, options are pretty limited when you're at home the majority of the time and unable to even do ordinary errands and running around like usual. And let's be honest, travel for sure halted. As things have begun opening back up and we cautiously re-enter the world wearing masks and standing six feet apart, I've noticed how much this concentrated time at home has actually been a gift in some of the most unexpected ways. I personally feel more recentered. I've been able to reflect on my goals, not just in my business, but also with my family, my health, and my personal vision for the future too. I've connected with loved ones even more intentionally during this time, virtually sure, but more regularly and more presently than ever because it started to just feel all the more significant this year among all the uncertainty and heaviness. And while the memes of leaving 2020 behind do make me laugh, I don't want to believe that this year is completely awash. In fact, if it's given you clarity or helped you make a decision or forced a change that you knew was bound to happen eventually, then I'd argue that 2020 has been necessary for all of us to revisit our priorities and to reshape what we want out of our life and for the future. Do you feel that too? And even with the slivers of joy and the good things, I know this year has been so unexpectedly destructive for so many and without warning or explanation. From sickness to job loss to inequality and injustice, I know you may be carrying something painful right now that you do not have all the answers to. Today's show 
It's not meant to give you those answers. It's not meant to sort life out after the tornado that swept through in the form of 2020. It is, however, going to give you some ideas to take the next two months and some changes to find balance and peace again and to focus on what you can control if you feel like you've lost control of this year. I don't think the practices I'm going to share today are overnight life fixers, but they can absolutely transform your days, your mindset, and yes, even your personal and professional future if you pursue them with intention and persistence. So whether you're ready for a reset, but you don't want to wait for New Year's Day, or you just want to focus on one small habit that might lift you up out of the shadows as we wrap up this year, I hope that these 10 ideas for ways to end 2020 seeing the silver line just like my mom taught me to. I hope they fill you up and remind you that no matter what's happening around you, you still carry the power to choose how you respond and how you carry yourself forward and out of the depths of hard times. I fully believe in you and know that you can end this year better than it started. Here are some ideas on how. Let's dive in. Start bullet journaling. That's number one. Anyone else love the idea of journaling, but totally stink at the actual follow through because you realize that writing five pages of your emotions is super therapeutic, like one time every six months or so, but every day or even every week, heck no, like for me, that's just not going to happen. I am not a natural journaler and I seldom sit down and put pen to paper. So I am right there with you. And while I know that journaling helps me sort out my bigger feelings and remember seasons that might otherwise blur together, I also don't have the time or patience to write a straight up mini book every time I want to get my thoughts on a page. This is where we enter into bullet journaling. This style of journaling developed by designer writer Carol is a total win for the efficiency freak in me. It's basically writing down your thoughts, things you want to remember, life lessons and feelings down in a bullet format rather than long form paragraphs. This is one of my few proud mom moments, but since Coco was born, we write down one sentence a day in this little five-year journal type book. It's literally just a few lines where we share what we did for the day or a special memory, and we're almost two years into it and we've kept up with it. And it's super fun to look back on memories from just one year ago and remember milestones. Similar thought here with bullet journaling. It's not about writing paragraphs. It's just a line or two. You don't need to worry about a clean intro or backstory with bullet journaling. The other day, my friend was telling me about all the many ideas she has for future businesses and offers and things that she wants to pursue. She said she had a million ideas, but as a new mom, she didn't really have time to execute on them. And it was leaving her feeling a little panicked and overwhelmed. I encouraged her to sit down and just release all the ideas from her brain, get them in a safe space and remove them from her already busy head so that she could be present without fear of forgetting that idea. I told her to just get in the habit of when she has a new idea to either add it as a note on her phone or jot it down in a safe space so that she can release it until she's ready to visit it and work on it. This is exactly why I love bullet journaling. Just a few lines, nothing formal. Side note, does anyone else get like a little too perfectionistic with traditional journaling and you start treating it like a memoir or you get too in your head about the story structure and grammar and everything else? Or you imagine your children reading these words 20 years from now and you get in your head. 
Is that just me? For real, like I struggle so much with this. So bullet journaling is a quick fix to getting it all down on paper. It could be just a thought or you could do a full brain dump where you get all of those lingering thoughts and ideas and concerns out of your head and onto a safe space. And trust me, it's way easier to go back and read one day. Here are some of my favorite journal prompts if you want ideas for how to get started. Number one, I hope to remember this about this season. Number two, I am working on being more thoughtful and intentional around blank. Number three, my biggest barrier right now is number four, I am feeling, fill it in. And number five, my week would feel lighter if. Okay, on to number two, the big number two, choose a mantra or affirmation for the rest of your year. Now, as someone who loves strategy and logic, the idea of affirmations can feel a little bit woo-woo at times, but I do believe that we attract what we think and believe. Think of it like your actions follow suit with your thoughts. So if you're constantly thinking, this year sucks, or I'll never get unstuck, then your brain will subconsciously choose to pursue, seek out, and support actions that back up those beliefs. I'd urge you to pick just one sentence that you want to define the rest of your year and all that you do over the next couple of months. My sister and BFF Kate is so good at coming up with affirmations that can center and uplift you regardless of what's happening around you. Here are a few that she shared recently that may inspire you. First, she says this, even in unsteady times, I can seek out and find my own form of peace. Let me repeat that one. Even in unsteady times, I can seek out and find my own form of peace. Next one, I am ready to surrender the outcome of things that are out of my control. I am ready to surrender the outcome of things that are out of my control. And lastly, I don't need to have all the answers in order to take a step forward. I'll repeat it because it's that good. I do not need to have all the answers in order to take a step forward. Can you see how empowering those words can be? Imagine if you wrote those at the top of your planner or on your mirror and you read them to yourself a few times every day. Thoughts become beliefs, which become actions and truth. Let your end of the year be defined by words you choose. At the beginning of the year, I had my entire team choose a word or a phrase that they wanted for 2020, and mine was centered around presence. To be all in wherever I am, whether I'm momming or working, I wanted to not feel split, but to be all in on the one thing instead of stuck in the halfway juggle of doing more than one thing at once. That desire of presence has definitely challenged me with this year and has forced me to slow down, to set my phone aside, to ask myself, what am I learning right now? And to realize that taking a break can be an active choice. Here's what my end of the year mantra is. I am present in this moment and mindful of the gift my attention brings to it. On to number three, set a morning routine that you'll stick to. There is research that says the one thing every successful person has in common is a thoughtful morning routine. And I'm not going to lie, I have felt immense guilt over the past few years because my morning routine isn't what they write about in the books, though it has greatly improved. 
I'll be honest, since I had a baby, all I want my morning routine to be is sleeping in until the last minute possible. But in reality, I've been blessed with a toddler who, after a year and a half, finally got the hang of sleeping really well. So now I have a few extra minutes to myself in the morning before getting that cute little blondie up out of her crib. Oftentimes when we think of routines, we think of something that's strict and unbending. However, I'd invite you to pick a few simple activities that bring you joy and that center you first thing in the morning and simply stick to those. Doesn't have to be the same time, same order every single day. Although if that's your style, you do you, but just aim to incorporate the same three to five activities that start your day on the right foot that you'll want to stick to. Keywords, want to stick to. So if you're more of an evening exerciser, starting your day with a bike ride or a long walk probably isn't going to work out for you in the long term. Know what will fuel you, honor your flow states, and stick to those. Here are a few ideas. Drink eight ounces of water. I literally wake up and do warm lemon water daily. Do a quick meditation. Now, this is something I am 100% hit or miss on. I even bought one of those silly UVB face mask things that you're supposed to use for 10 minutes a day to try to give me an excuse to just lay there and be still for 10 minutes with my eyes closed and meditate. You could also say a prayer, make a gratitude list, read a few pages in a book, stretch, wait 30 minutes before looking at your phone, move your body, and even include regular things like washing your face and brushing your teeth. Now, my morning routine ebbs and flows, but I try to focus on hydrating, a little movement, something that centers me, whether it's reading or gratitude or meditation, and a pause button before I grab my phone and get sucked into my day. I've literally noticed that the longer I can go without grabbing my phone, the more calm my morning feels. Pro tip, we literally made a charging station inside of our cabinet so our phones are never in our bedroom and they're not out in the open visible and that helps us avoid the temptation of grabbing them. Number four, reach out to someone you love every day. I think if this year has shown us anything, it's the power of connection even if we can't be around people we love all the time. Taking the time to send a check-in text to an old friend, an update email to your sibling, or a call to catch up with your grandparents can be some of the most uplifting time spent in your day. We've gotten in the habit of FaceTiming my parents almost daily to start their day, to check in on my mom's progress after her accident that happened earlier in quarantine, and it's been a great way to just check in, stay connected, and see another friendly face. I'm pretty sure Conley thinks that Drew and I are the only humans that exist because she's only been around us for most of this year, and so it's so fun to FaceTime with our loved ones. I've shared in the past that for years, I've tried to reach out to three friends every day just to check in, to let them know I am thinking of them and I am here without expecting or requiring a response. It's been a habit of mine, and I found that when someone pops into my head, it's usually not a coincidence. I feel like it's a sign from God that I should just reach out. Now more than ever, we need to be reminded of the importance of our relationships. It doesn't have to be this hour-long phone call every single day, but see if you can commit to reaching out to someone you love, even in just a quick text once a day. I literally say, no need to respond. Just want you to know I'm thinking of you today and sending love your way. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you or anything I can be praying for. Number five, pursue a new hobby for fun or for a creative outlet. I sometimes laugh at the ways I've transformed over the last year. Sometimes my mom will stop me in my tracks when I mention, oh, I just went out for a run, or this hike we went on was insane, or it's time for our 20-mile weekend bike ride. 
As someone who lived most of the last decade glued behind a computer screen, I've really expanded my interests and given myself some much needed fresh air this year, which has been entirely unexpected and such a major blessing of living in a tiny town way up in northern Minnesota with new spots for us to explore in new ways. One thing 2020 has reminded me is of the joy in just doing something for the sake of trying something new. I feel like as adults, we hold ourselves back from trying new things or exploring new ideas because we are afraid of failing or we feel like we must post and share every aspect of our lives. Like, when is the last time that you tried something new, not for any kind of monetary gain or as a business venture or even for sharing online, but just to pursue your passions and creativity as an outlet rather than for productivity? Commit to trying something new to challenge your creativity these next two months, whether it's starting an inside herb garden, doing a puzzle, writing poetry, painting watercolor, practicing calligraphy, going on a hike, starting a blog, or just trying something new each week for 30 minutes. There's something beautiful about playing and experimenting, even if you're not good at a certain skill. It just connects you to your inner child and reminds you to not take everything so seriously. Number six, move your body for 20 minutes a day, but only with the intention of feeling good in your skin, not to change anything or become the next fit model on Instagram. When I stopped exercising to change my body or to punish it and started pursuing intuitive movement that made my body and my brain feel better, it changed everything. I don't have to push myself to the absolute limit every time I lace up my sneakers, and I don't need to stress out my cortisol levels just to get in a sweat. I used to be super regimented in my workouts, and I'd set rules for what qualified as a workout, but now I set a goal to move my body for 20, 30 minutes a day minimum, and I do my best to hit it each and every single day. Some days it's an intense and sweaty workout. Maybe it's powerful movement on my bike or with the Peloton, but a lot of days my movement is simple, like a long walk, slow jog, or restorative yoga session so that I can get away from screens and reconnect to how I'm actually feeling inside and out. I've even started taking phone calls on the go and use that time to go on a walk so that I'm moving when I usually would be sitting still. How can you get creative with the time you've got so that you can move your body in celebration? And let's be honest, guys, 20 minutes is doable for all of us. I fully believe we have the time to dedicate 1.39% of our day to moving in some capacity that brings you joy and allows you to pause from the hustle, emails, the asks, and the to-dos that fill the rest of your day. Do a quick body scan right now. Take a deep breath. Where are you holding tension? What would feel good for you? How can you prioritize movement today? We've had to get super creative because a lot of our workouts, we just have to incorporate Conley into them. And so a lot of times if we're doing weights, we'll bring out different things she can do. The other day, she was literally painting on the fridge with water while we were getting in a quick workout. And so I understand that sometimes it feels really hard, but try to encourage others in your life to join you if it's possible. You might not know this about me, but one of my favorite roles that I play in life is being a host. That's why Drew and I are hosts on Airbnb. If you want to generate extra income and have space to share, you should definitely check out Airbnb. As a mom and full-time entrepreneur, it's been super easy to fit hosting into my schedule. Over the last few years, we've had many visitors and we've even been voted super host several times. 
Whether you've bought properties as an investment or have unused rooms waiting to be shared, hosting on Airbnb is the practical and profitable choice. And just think about it. If you've put a ton of time, effort, and work into your home, someone out there probably would love to experience it while they're traveling. So next time you're planning a trip or want to make some extra pocket change from your spaces, consider hosting on Airbnb. The hosting process is simple, practical, and tailored to you. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a life and work hack for you. Ever since I started getting dressed in the mornings before working from home, I have been more productive and efficient. I guess the saying dress for success is actually true, which is why I am obsessed with quince. Quince offers luxury fashion without the hefty price tag. With prices ranging from 50 to 80% less than similar brands, it's a no-brainer to choose Quince for timeless style at unbeatable prices. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman, passing the savings on to us, the savvy shoppers. Personally, I've snagged the Italian leather bow ballet flats. They've truly become a wardrobe staple. And let's not forget about their stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, which adds this touch of sophistication to any outfit. Whether I'm working from home, dressing up for a date night, or a play date with friends, Quince always delivers in style, quality, and affordability. If you're ready to elevate your wardrobe without breaking the bank, join me in embracing the Quince revolution. Trust me, your closet and your wallet will thank you. Indulge in affordable luxury at quince.com slash gold digger for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash gold digger to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Number seven, ask for help in one area of your life. This year has shown me that no one can do everything on their own. I've leaned on my team more than ever. I've counted on Drew to support our family and home life in whole new ways. I've had mentors speak into my life and actually asked for help when I've needed it. And it's reminded me too of how uncomfortable asking for help can be, especially in stressful and busy seasons, aka when we likely need the extra support the most, like this year. What's one area of your life that you could bring in a set of helping hands or ask for a little support? It could be as simple as asking your partner to handle planning a dinner or kiddo bath time a few days a week. Maybe it's fully embracing going digital and switching to grocery delivery rather than your usual twice a week store runs. Or maybe it's finally paying the neighbor kid to mow your lawn to free up some extra time or making the jump to hire a VA for a few hours a week so you can better protect and preserve your time. We all need help in some capacity. And as women, we tend to take on more than we can or should carry. Let go of one thing to end this year and hand it to someone you trust so that you can begin experiencing just a bit more freedom and ease. Number eight, commit to ditching something that drains you. On that note, have you taken stock lately of what fills your time with joy versus what fills your time with dread? I'm talking to myself here just as much as you because I think sometimes we get into the habit of going and doing and achieving and moving and we forget to observe how the things we do and the experience every day make us feel. Do you find yourself mindlessly, numbly scrolling on Instagram or Twitter only to close the app feeling more anxious? Or popping open your email first thing in the morning as your heart races from the number of notifications and your day suddenly gets commanded by what's inside? 
Maybe you've noticed those late night Netflix binges make you feel more anxiety than relaxed or the quick chips and salsa fix for lunch makes your afternoon drag even if it was an easy solution for food when you needed something fast. What I'm saying is take stock of how you spend your time and the choices you make. If you notice one thing that habitually drains you, see if you can possibly ditch it, switch it up, or at least create boundaries around it. I have a friend who nervously deleted the email app from her phone, praying her work life wouldn't implode, but needing a boundary to keep herself from hopping online all hours of the day and night. And guess what? Her business didn't go down the toilet and she was more intentional with her time when she was online and way more present for her personal life when work time ended. I recently took a week off of work and I shut down all notifications on my phone, including Slack, email, everything. And I actually haven't turned them back on. And in reality, I am way more focused when I'm online and I'm way more intentional when I'm spending time with Coco and Drew. I just got off of a week without posting or sharing and it felt so freeing to just pause and really be present. Like remember my mantra for this year without feeling the pressure to share. Like honestly, getting back online is feeling hard and I'm definitely contemplating how I want to approach social media in new ways. Number nine, give back to someone in your community. One of the quickest ways to gain perspective and step outside of our own hurts and struggles is to find a need and fill it. Whether it's volunteering with a local charity or donating money or objects to a cause that needs it or helping a family in your church or community who's struggling. Helping others is always something we can turn to in order to remember we are okay, we are blessed, and we have the opportunity to share our gifts with others. Some of our favorite places to give back are the local food bank. Most food banks right now cannot keep up with the need that 2020 has brought on. If you are able to support your local food bank, this is huge. We've also been prioritizing donations that offer support for mental health since 2020 has brought on a greater need for therapy and accessible opportunities for those struggling mentally. There are also so many important social causes being highlighted this year that provide countless opportunities to give back, whether with time, support your gifts, or financially that will help you support the cause that you believe in. And lastly, if you're inspired watching Marie Kondo or the home edit on Netflix, maybe it's time for a good cleaning and decluttering of your closets, which can give you the change to donate your used items and help them get a second life with someone who may need them. Number 10, make time to do something for you every week. I don't care if you need to pick one day each week and black out 30 minutes on your calendar in order to remember and hold space for yourself, but making time for you every single week, at least once a week, should be a non-negotiable in your life. You give and do so much for so many people, and I'd bet your own self-care and delights aren't even on your radar most days. Am I right? Take the time to do something unapologetically for you every single week. And no, going to the grocery store alone or cleaning your house while your husband takes the kids somewhere is not you time. I'm talking an uninterrupted bubble bath, a long walk in nature, a solo pedicure, sitting in the park for a half hour to read, just small things that refill your cup and refuel your soul so that you are able to continue being there for everyone else in your fullest capacity afterwards. All right, I know that is a lot of action items and only two months are left in the year. Did anyone else just get totally stressed out? I know my fellow achievers might be feeling like that's a lot to add to my list, but hear me out. These practices are beautiful and life-giving, but you don't need to do all of them to end your year on an upswing. 
In fact, I encourage you to pick just one thing that excites you most and start there. If you can incorporate it into your life fluidly and love the way it makes you feel and want more, then come on back to this episode and pick one or two extras to start infusing into your routine. Basically, this is like the choose your own adventure of taking back the end of your year. There's no right or wrong way to do it, but I want for you to commit to doing at least one of these and then share your updates or progress with me online using the hashtag takeback2020 with JK. That's takeback2020 with JK. I'd love, love, love to see how you're reclaiming your power at the end of this rocky yet eye-opening year. And if anything, just know that every day is a new opportunity to start fresh. You don't have to wait until January 1st or a new week or a Monday. Start now and watch your life elevate in every way as you take small steps towards an empowered future. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Let's face it, life and business can be stressful. And it's not just your mind that suffers when you're feeling tense or anxious. Stress can also affect your digestion and your immune system too. So what do we do about it? Introducing Just Calm, the breakthrough new stress soothing formula from Just Thrive. Say hello to a steady, serene, more relaxed you. Just Calm's proprietary mood lifting blend is clinically proven to help you relax and breathe a little easier in as little as four weeks. And for Next Level Mood TLC, there's Just Thrive Probiotic. This is the probiotic my whole family swears by. This spore probiotic banishes bloat and constipation so your gut can produce more serotonin, which is your happy hormone. Plus, it supports better sleep so you can wake up feeling refreshed and revitalized. With Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic, you'll have the ultimate stress-fighting duo to help you win the day every day. To learn more about Just Thrive, tune into episode 734 with their founder, Tina Anderson. I loved chatting with her about the gut-brain connection. And if you're ready to take control and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic today. Visit justthrivehealth.com and use a promo code GOLDDIGGER. Take control today with Just Thrive. That's justthrivehealth.com, promo code GOLDDIGGER.